0: all right we are digging for wisdom and it's our this is like christmas morning we're opening up the presents because the season starts thursday night when it's going to be thursday night when it starts and uh, my birthday is friday there's no better better present than to be out there at midlothian heritage and watchahatchee because those are the two games that i'll be covering this week but we have digs here and we need to talk we need to talk week one. We need to figure out which teams we need to keep an eye on. What who's going to win what game? Our opinions on both, especially Digsy, because he's got some opinions and he's got to let them out to the universe. So, Digsy, let's start talking week one. I'll start talking week one. But
1: before we do that, I mean, you, you know, I told, I warned you. Where I'm just going to break down podcast right. quite a bit. I did not know. I didn't have on my list that Friday was your birthday. And I actually found out some information today is my biological father's birthday. And for, and, and this is, this is notable for you because uh, I don't know if we got to talk about it last week for everybody, but DFW fans, that's the digging for wisdom fans. This guy, I'm pointing at him. You can't see it. Cause it's a podcast. He is a <laughs> Washington commanders fan. Yeah, I don't know if you know that he's a Washington commanders fan. And uh, so is my biological father. And for his birthday, Uh, He has requested for me to come to D.C. on January 8th to watch the the Cowboys play the Commanders in Washington. Uh, So could I be a bad biological son and turn that down, Ward? Would you turn that down?
0: You looked at both rushes, what you did, and you said, yeah, I think I will come out there on January 8th, as long as it's not January 8th, 2024 or something like that, when I don't know if my team is going to be on top. I don't like the way you think. Uh, you ain't doing it for your dad. You're doing it for your Cowboys, and you're going to give you're them business, aren't you?
1: I mean, you never know by that. But the game could be nothing at that point because, you know, the Cowboys are got their number one seed
0: yeah. kind of wrapped
1: yeah. up, and it's just, you know, playing out the string, and Washington may be ready, and you never know. You know, those This last- podcast
0: is off to a terrible start. Why are we talking Cowboys on this podcast? I we told you that's the it. one thing I don't want to talk about
1: people love the cowboys and people also love 36a and oh, just Lord. like with the dump we we love to talk 36a and i'm excited to go through all of this and it is like unwrapping a christmas present or on friday for you we're unwrapping a birthday present or exactly
0: and uh, since so you didn't God. know it was my birthday, I guarantee you I'm not getting a thing. So that's no, nice not. to know either. Maybe a little and pat on the back or we're something. In
1: the Amazon delivery window. So. That
0: is true. They can turn that thing around in 10 minutes. I'll get a spatula from you. Appreciate <laughs> it
1: ever know for for discipline for your kids that's, that's there what you need go. that for but there are so many fascinating games this week uh and and all of them have different meanings for me because you know we, we, we'll talk about trinity and prosper coming up i know that's going to be one of the games that uh, you've got a camera at uh and, and and that's a big game for a number of reasons but there are so many other smaller games uh that you know i, I think really matter uh you know Fort Worth Pascal for me. Fort Worth Pascal versus Irving. This is a really good game uh, to to get started out with because as we're going to talk about with some of these games, it, it's a blowout. It, it's 40-50 point, point spreads, and you're just like, oh man, uh, you know, why, why are these two teams, uh, you know, scheduling each other? and and i don't know what a, what benefit it does uh, when when you schedule a team that you're you're expected to beat by 40 or 50 uh, but pascal and irving are two teams expected to be at the bottom of their district but they're going to be playing each other and it's going to be a competitive game it's going to be a 50-50 game and i think it's going to talk about you know which of these two teams can have a little bit of momentum yeah. uh, going into things and uh, for me, I, I think that Pascal is that team this year. I'm, I'm going to pick Pascal over Irving, uh, and these are those kinds of 50-50 games. I mean, you can flip a coin at the end of the day, but when we're talking about things on on Friday and Saturday in the dump, these are the games I love. When you got Pascal and Irving and you just don't know who's going to win and which team is going to get that momentum, I, I'm a big Fort Worth-Pascal guy. I, I, I like that TCU area of Fort Worth and Fiesta is one of my favorite restaurants over there. So I've got my Pascal Panthers flag waving up this week. Are, are you a Pascal Panthers fan? I'm, I'm with
0: you. I, I take one of your uh, one of your things you always told me, man, when the teams are evenly matched like this, you take the team that probably has the better athlete, and Pascal's got Chris G there that can can make things happen. So, And I like the way you're talking about building off momentum. If they're going to have a rough season, one of these teams can – have that win and hang their hat on that for for games they play in district play and be like, okay, we're we're going up against Trinity, but don't forget we got we have we don't we have something on that side of the ledger so we can give it what we got.
1: Absolutely. I was a little shocked, Ward. I, you know, I like to read the Dallas Morning News. I mean, that is our, our local DFW uh, newspaper, and they've got your fighting LD Bell Blue Raiders as a playoff team this year over Boswell, mind you. Yeah. Now, either they know something I don't know, and they might, you know, they are the, they are the Dallas Morning News, or or they're grossly wrong on this one. So this game, LD Bell versus Bishop Lynch, may I think this is starting to be the LD Bell proving grounds. I'm a big fan of Bishop Lynch. You know, I think historically, when you've seen private schools against public schools early on in the season, you, I I tend I trend to pick the private school. I, I've noticed that I think the private schools won about seventy percent of these games. Bishop Lynch is a fantastic team. I'm not sold on LD Bell, and I know your friends over there in Euliss might get mad at me. The HEB mm-hmm. area, I can't wait till we get the HEBs over here in Collin County. That's a different HEB. Uh, but I'm taking Bishop Lynch in this game. Ward, do you think the morning news has got something with the LD Bell pick making the playoffs? I
0: don't, as far as the playoffs go, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I, I'm a like you mentioned Boswell. I'm a Boswell fan. I love. I love Coach Abishan, and he's talking. He talked. Talked talk me up on the team about being a. He's got him up to you know. Obviously, coach speak. He's got him you know third, second in the district. I don't know about all that, but I do have him a playoff team, and and Bell. He, they got to prove something to me and uh, they, they can't just keep going through coaches and not be able to prove something to me. So maybe they can, but in this game, they may be able to do something against Bishop Lynch. So I'm going to throw that as a pick for these two.
1: Crowley and Birdville, uh, another fascinating game. And I'm a little frustrated and we'll talk about this probably multiple times over the non-district schedule. When you got a team like Royce city, North Crow or not North Crowley, North Forney or Crowley, I want to see you play in 6A teams. When you when you've moved up to 6A, I don't want to see you play in 5A Division Two teams. Like we got Roy City against Melissa in in non district, and, and I, I just shake my head. Like Roy City, let's 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 play Skyline. You know, let's play some Garland teams. Let's get in it and be 6A. Let's not you know be districted in 6A and pretend we're still 5A. Uh, so Crowley playing Birdville. Uh, I don't like this matchup, but I think Crowley to get the momentum that they're going to need to succeed in 6A, I think you got to win this game. So I'm going to give Crowley the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I think they're going to beat Birdville, but gosh, darn it, Ward. I don't, I don't like 6As playing 5As, especially when you beat
0: the 6A. That's definitely been something on your uh, don't do list is don't, don't play the 5A teams if you're 6 a I would uh, be more happy with Crowley there if they were playing in their new home stadium there, but they're going to Birdville. I still think they're going to pull it off, but yes, you're right. It's, it's, it's time to start playing six, eight.
1: And another team I've really kind of been, you know, we're, we're Chisholm trail is one of those teams that you see how well Boswell, Boswell has done. And you think that, you know, especially in Saginaw as well, Saginaw high uh, that, you know, where Eagle mountain, ISD, why are are these teams not better? Chisholm Trail is one of those teams that I feel like needs to be better, and this could be one of those games because Brian Adams, they've graduated kind of heavy. I I think they have a chance to, to Basically, put on their resume. Okay, uh, you know we're we're gonna be better. We're getting better, and this is the kind of game I think they have to win yeah. to get better. So I think it's a little bit of an upset, but I'm taking Chisholm Trail over Brian Adams, and I think Chisholm Trail is going to be getting better over the next couple of years. Or a team I'm keeping an eye on. But so many athletes out in that area. You know, you talk about uh, how how white settlement and Brewer and that area has has gotten big, and just in Northwest. I'm a little shocked that Chisholm Trail hasn't been better.
0: Yeah. It's it's that's a, and they're in a district where they should be getting better too. 3-6A. They, sh- they so they have to win this Brian Adams game. Like you said, they got to beat a DISD team. I don't care if it's on the road, it it has to happen.
1: Now, one thing I've loved watching is it, it seems like Keller and Abilene ISD have had a bit of a rivalry as we as we kind of move to some of the four six A games. And Keller and Keller and uh, has played Abilene and Abilene Cooper over the last couple of years, and they have balled out. I mean, those have been some of those games. You got a camera crew out there in Abilene this week,
0: for? I uh, don't know if they'll be making the trip. I can't pay the gas mileage on that one.
1: Uh, I, I, I hey, gas prices have come down though, so so just in time for uh, freelancing season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, th- I think again, you know, I talked about teams that need to win games. Keller's got to beat Abilene Cooper, even on the road. I, I think if they're going to make the playoffs in four six A
0: it's funny. I was just, so I got a bad taste in my mouth about Keller because I was just talking to coach Poe over at Justin Northwest and uh, play a little spoiler here. One of his guys is getting a bobblehead this week. And I was saying, I don't know if uh, one of your players have got one. He brought up Emmanuel Moore. And the first thing that popped in my mind is the year that they beat Keller in the last game, but didn't make the playoffs because they didn't beat him by enough points because of a phantom block in the back. And our camera showed that the the kid that got blocked in the back just ran in front of him and put his back out there and the ref called it and it cost just Northwest a Northwest to playoff spot so we that was 2015 so that was eight years you know, seven years ago so I'm, I can wash that bad taste out of my mouth but yes Keller probably should win this game should try to win this game at Abilene Cooper but it is it would be a big road win for him if they could get it that's a travel day right there.
1: Yeah, you know, you go out to shot well, uh, but you know, this is again a 6A team that is expected to make the playoffs in, in 4 6A. Got to win those kind of games and and kind of get that uh, that toughness. And and I like that Keller does this because if you look at Keller uh, in in Region One, you know, in, in Week Two, if they win the if they make the playoffs and, and win a playoff game, they got to travel uh, out to either El Paso or Midland Odessa or somewhere in between, maybe back out the Shotwell. Uh, so I like when teams like Keller look ahead and have the confidence, Hey, we're going to be a playoff team. Let's get out there and, and let's play Abilene Cooper, a team that we know will give us everything. Uh, so I, I like Keller in, in scheduling that game. Uh, another big game, uh, you know, Weatherford is one of the teams we've been talking about in 36A. We have a little 36A versus 46A violence. Keller Central against uh, Weatherford. Uh, Weatherford is really trying to make going into Weatherford a place where it, it's hard to win. And Keller Central is one of those schools that's very important. It's kind of a, a team we're going to keep an eye on uh, because we've talked about it. We talked about it in our campfire and in, in our district breakdown uh, how all the Keller schools are kind of the same. We think that Carroll, Nelson, Uh, And Eaton will probably be your first three playoff teams. And then who's going to get that fourth playoff spot? Keller Central is one of those schools that could help send Southlake Carroll uh, to a higher classification. So uh, I know Carroll's keeping an eye on uh, Keller Central. Uh, for me, Keller Central playing very competitively, I don't think they're going to beat Weatherford. I- I'm looking for competitiveness. If Keller Central can be competitive with Weatherford, I think they might have a decent chance to get into that fourth playoff spot. But if they if they go to Weatherford and Weatherford just completely cleans their clock, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that that route for South Lake Carroll to go D one versus D two uh, might be a little that that window might be closing.
0: And, and speaking more of central, I'm I'm looking forward to Kelden Ryan, their their quarterback, with that he's what they're calling a star in the making here. I know he's only a sophomore, but he got that he got that quarterback now as a freshman. I'd love to see the improvement from freshman to sophomore, and people are saying he is one of the top quarterbacks in that class. So I'm looking to see what he does out there in Weatherford as well young young kids young team
1: you know they they might take some uh, lumps this year but You know they're going to get better, and and that's how you get better. And 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because it's important to note. You know some of these teams we're going to be talking about as we're digging for wisdom are going to be young. You know I think Mm -hmm. for me one of my picks later on was Mansfield Lake Ridge as as an upset pick to make the playoffs. I know we did not make a lot of friends or sponsors in Cedar Hill happy with that pick, although we didn't make a lot of people in Mansfield happy with that pick either because the main high school in Mansfield Mansfield High is like hey. We've got one of our best teams in a while, too. Don't, don't forget about us. Uh, but 11-6A, we'll, we'll, we'll get down there. Uh, but, you know, young teams is is definitely something we're, we are uh, looking at. Carroll against Eastwood. Eastwood, you know, blessed their heart. You know, they came out and played Plano a couple of years ago over there at the Star after, you know, the El Paso shooting had happened. Uh, and, and everybody really rallied behind that. And uh, now they're taking on Carroll. Does this game really benefit Carroll in any meaningful way?
0: Not at all. And it, I mean, I guess the good thing for Eastwood is they come in here at six o'clock and take their beating early and maybe then get back home in time for uh, 2 a.m. Whataburger or something like that. But it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be pleasant for them. And maybe we'll get to see what the future of Carroll looks like when they all get in the second half.
1: They, they they can try well that way they can they can read the dump on the way back you know there that's you always go. a good a good way to handle Absolutely. that it, 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 and Carol I mean Carol is you know they're gonna play Marcus in a couple of weeks so you know Carol doesn't and, and I get why it's hard to schedule I, I heard a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, uh, Chris Cumnock the um, the director of the Landry Classic, and he was talking about how hard it is to schedule uh, the Landry Classic for Allen because, you know, they're going to get two home games. And playing Allen as it is is not very fun. And I know Carol runs into that. And if Eastwood's like, hey, we'll play you, we'll come out there, Uh, we're not scared of you, we'll take our lumps if we need to, but uh, uh, we're we're going to set the standard that we are going to play teams like this and we're not going to back down. I can appreciate that from a from a psychological level, but you know I think Carol's gotta find teams to schedule. Uh, to get them ready, because especially because Carroll is so much better than everybody else in their district. I, I know the rest of the district has leveled up a little bit, but I still think Carroll is two, three touchdowns better than everybody in that district. So really, non-district is where they have a chance to prove themselves. And I know the game you're going out to uh, on Thursday, you got Lake Travis against uh, Arlington Martin, and, and that's the kind of game I think Carroll yeah. should be playing, even if it's an out-of-area team, yeah. as opposed to El Paso Eastwood, which you said, you know, we're, we're going to get to see the future of uh of the dragons most likely in the second half
0: yeah, and, and you mentioned marcus and yes it's at marcus and marcus is a good team but still i mean i don't know who wouldn't think southlake's 17 points better than that team as well so it's it's tough but, but yes i would like to see them schedule somebody besides eastwood if they can no.
1: During uh, as we move to five six a during some of our DMs uh, and I know you love when I bring up our our private messages for public consumption, but that's just that's what <laughs> you have to do when you're digging for wisdom. Right, you're, you're a big fan of these out of state powerhouses. Like you don't you don't give Alan much of a chance. And I am
0: just playing your role of if you're going to beat the man, you got to you know if you're going to be the man, you got to beat the man. And they these teams have come in here and just done what they wanted to. Duncanville is one of our best teams, and they got slapped around. I don't even know if they scored a point last year. And and, and you're telling me that Eagle Stadium's got this mystique that's going to scare off the number one team in, in the nation with Bosco out there, or one of the top teams. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Football is played between the lines, and they, they're they used to having to travel around and not play in front of a, in, any of their home fans. They, they probably use that as their bulletin board. Man, it's us against the world. Well, let's do it. They have a whole Louisville squad right there. The quarterback and wide receiver going to Louisville. They have D1 guys all over the place. And here we have Coach Wigington, who's who's brought in here in mid-off season. And, hey, guess what? Your first game, you're going to have Bosco. But you get to play him at home. And, and Diggs says playing at home, you should win by 40 points or whatever you're going to tell me. I don't want to hear it. I don't think they're going to do it.
1: Hey, Plano play East took out – Plano East went last year. They were the Landry Classic. Sacrificial lamb, and it's 21 21 playing at least against Allen into the, the first quarter. So, you know, I I know what it's like to go in, in, into the Eagle Stadium, especially as a fan, and, and check that out. I agree. I, I think Bosco is the favorite. But first of all, I mean, you know, them being the number one team in the nation, I think that's hogwash. First of all, it's a max prep. Preps generated thing. I mean, they didn't even win their regional championship last year. Matter Day, who did slap around Duncanville, uh, slapped around Bosco as well. So I don't know how Bosco has just gotten so much magically better. I've heard Bosco has an incredible offensive line and like even out. And, and when we talk about offensive lines, Allen is one of the teams that kind of set the standard in having good strength and conditioning programs and really stepping up and leveling up that really good offensive line play. But I think John Bosco is going to struggle at Eagle Stadium on a Friday night in front of that home crowd. I think they're going to win, but kind of like that Umble game, I think it's going to be very close for the half. And I think it just like Atascocita took it to the next level in the second half, I think Bosco will in the second half. But Allen is not going to just roll over, and you know we're not going to see a 48-3 game or whatever uh, Matter Day did to Duncanville. Keep an eye on this game board.
0: Yeah, I'll keep an eye on Make sure you keep an eye on it when we talk next week and you're like, I don't know what happened. It was 48-7. to 7. What's going I don't know why I was wrong on that one. But we'll see. And I'm not – you're going to put me out there as a guy that downs Allen, but that's not the case. I just think the other team, Bosco, has too much form. You hate Allen, don't you? No, brother. Are, are, are
1: you excited about that 6 p.m. Allen-Denton-Geyer start in, in a few weeks? You yeah, get-
0: the old ESPN joint. I'll be able to get to two games. I can do it. Yeah, i'm you excited about get three you games
1: that day if, if, if you really you're really pushing it That's although true. i checked the schedule that day because i was thinking well where could i go there's not many games close to there so you might only get two even with that benefit but you might get like three quarters of two games there you go. There. There, I, I know that makes the producer happy uh, but that. little elm uh is, is another team in five six a we talked about when we talked about our tiers in 5 6 a that there are six ranked teams, uh, but Little Elm and, and Rock Hill we thought would kind of be on the bottom of things. Little Elm's got a new coach over there, so I think they have a really good chance uh, to step up. Uh, Arlington Bowie is one of those teams that, that you know, they've got a second-year coach, uh, and they have a really good chance to uh, level up. So both of these teams, one of these fascinating games, I think is a proving ground game. I like Arlington Bowie in this game. I think Little Elm just graduated too much.
0: I do too, uh, and and they need that. They need like we talked about momentum. They need something to help them push them into that fourth spot. I mean, what are they went uh, two and uh, two and eight last year? One and five in district. They need to. This is the uh, kind of game they have to win. You you talked about must wins. They got to win this one if they're going to get uh, if they're going to level up from last year and get to at least five hundred.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, again, we'll, and we'll talk about 8-6-A as, as we get there. And 8, 8-6-A, they've, there's some really interesting games uh, as far as that goes. But as we talked about in the campfire, I think there's four teams that can really compete for these last two spots. And Arlington Bowie is going to have to give us their resume and say, okay, uh, we're ready to go. Uh, the next few games – my my heart gets a little bit warm at as you know these are games that you and I are going to be or or the crew as we like to call it uh, we'll be going to and my Saturday game is going to be uh, McKinney against Temple, uh, the McKinney ISD Classic over there. I I was working on credentials today uh, with them. They they we're still friends over in McKinney. Uh, they got some new processes, but uh, uh, what can you do? They got they got new athletic directors and administrators over there. Our, our guy Coach Pratt is now a a bigwig up in the. Uh, Uh, up in the uh, superintendent, assistant to the superintendent office, uh, you know, making that bank and and representing athletics over there and putting the athletics voice into the ear of things. And I think that's important. You know, I I think it's really important when we talk about the future of these schools, like Plano ISD has got a bond package and you got to get athletics. You know, it it really helps to have athletics at the forefront, uh, especially in these big ISDs. And that's something that when we talk about Dallas ISD football, that Dallas ISD has done as well. And I think you're going to see Dallas ISD get better because of the em- emphasis they're putting on it. Uh, you know, all of their coaches got a $15,000 raise and, and almost all of their coaches are now some of the most highly paid coaches in the area. And that makes all of those jobs when they come open that much more attractive because you have a chance to get in there and and make your mark and be the next coach Todd. Uh, so all of that to say that uh, McKinney and, and uh, Temple, uh, you know, we, we've, McKinney is one of those teams that I've talked about as being a team that you got to keep an eye on. Uh, But Temple is also one of those teams, when we talk about 11-6A versus 12-6A, Temple is right there looking at the DFW area saying, "Okay, this is the kind of opponents we have to play if we're going to get out of the first round. I think it's going to be a barn burner. Uh, I think Temple is a slight favorite for me. Uh, but I think this is going to be one of those 35-34 McKinney going for a two-point conversion uh, late in the game and, and maybe Temple stuffing him. Uh, I don't think Temple is going to run away with this by any means.
0: I agree, and I also know every time we talk about McKinney uh, on the come up, it, it drives Coach Shavers crazy. He wants to keep them a secret, but it's hard to keep a secret when you, I mean, you even said it, that when they got the triplets out there. So, It'll be the first time they all get out together because Kelden Luster came over from uh, Liberty, but it'll be the first time he's throwing to his guys and, and handing off to Jackson. And they they don't have a slouch of an opponent either. They got Temple in there. Granted, it's a home, home field advantage, but this is a nickel and dime right there. I don't know who's going to pull that one off, but I, I'm going to sway towards McKinney there just because of the home field advantage.
1: Okay. And McKinney ISD has a good home field advantage. It's a fun stadium to good play. Uh, it's got good acoustics, good uh, video. When it gets rocking, it's a fun place to go. Uh, a game I am completely fascinated on. Uh, and and I'm fascinated because of what I expect my game to be next week, my Thursday game. Uh, my Thursday game next week, I hope will be prosper against Rockwall Heath prosper against Trinity this week on a Thursday, uh, to me, I think we're going to get a lot of questions uh, answered because you got Prosper, uh, who, you know, they get kind of dinged up a little bit, but it, I think it was in the COVID season. Uh, 2020 where Prosper and Trinity played. Uh, and Trinity, with Ollie Gordon at the time, was expected to be a big favorite. And Prosper went in there and showed, you know, they hit they hit Trinity in the mouth in a way. I haven't seen Trinity hit in the mouth in a while, especially in the regular season. Uh, and to me, it elevated Prosper in my eyes to that next level of a team that okay, this is a top 10 team consistently very much like Trinity has been. And now we've got a couple of years later, Trinity is starting to have those questions now are they a top 10 team so Trinity at home they're going to be the kind of team that's going to have to come out and make a statement new coaching staff I am fascinated to hear your thoughts on this game
0: yeah they like you said they're going to have to make a statement because they're not going to make much statements during district play it's going to be what we expect but you know I went out to a scrimmage where they were playing with Duncanville and Martin and when the first teams got out there is all all the defenses impressed me and the way Trinity went after, I guess they were playing Martin's number ones. It was, uh, or actually they're playing Duncanville's number ones, but it was the way it went after the ball and they, they only gave up one first down in 10 plays, which was very impressive to me, but you know, it's the same old, same old offense and Maddox is going to get the ball, uh, but they're going to have to do some trickery to get some passes completed. They'll have to do some heavy play action. And, and we all, we all know what Prosper's like when it comes to the postseason. You know, everybody tries to ignore them during week one through ten, and then the postseason happens, and they're in the, all of a sudden they're in the regional final. So they, they're, they're one of those teams that they progress as, as the season goes on and, and gets better. So this one will be a good one. You know my man James Harris will be out there, so we will have those highlights on the show this weekend.
1: Uh, But I'm going to take Prosper in this game. So, James, sorry about that. Uh, I I think this is the kind of game that Prosper wins uh, and and continues to win. And and then we're going to see Trinity. I think they play Marcus in a couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm. I love how everything starts to calibrate. And you know, I talk about how all the pieces start to fit together after a while. And uh, they they all kind of start, you know, you can start to see, okay, this team played this team. And they played this team. Now, Trinity is one of those, I call it kind of a calibration buster because they come in here and, you know, they play such a different style offense. They can win from matchups. Like, you know, if if, you're, if your center is having a bad day or if your center's out with COVID or something, uh, or, or you got your middle linebacker out or something, and they can just keep running right to that one spot and just get five yeah. yards of play, uh, you know, they can nickel and dime you. But I think, I think Prosper, uh, especially with their growth, they've shown me that they really have the depth as well. Uh, because they're used to playing Allen and Guyer and, and some of these teams. So I don't think they look at Trinity. And, and a lot of teams, when they yeah. play Trinity, they, they're scared. And Trinity's up 7-0 uh, before the game starts. I don't think that's the case with Prosper.
0: Right. And they got that strong-arm second-year quarterback, too, with Harrison Rosar that could probably get the ball out of his hands before that uh, those big Tongans get to him.
1: Braswell against Northwest Eden, a, another, again, a 50-50 game. you got Northwest Eden, who, you know, to me, one of their most impressive wins last year, uh, they had like a three-score comeback against Teeburn, and that that's all of a sudden what elevated them on my radar. And then they, you know, they they played it, they had a great season and, and continued to use that as a building block. Braswell is one of those teams that if they're, you know, these are two teams within two spots in my rankings. I think we got, uh, I don't have my rankings in front of me, but I think we got Eaton at 18 and Braswell at 20 or, or, or something like that. That This is one of those pick them games. Uh, it, it's going to be hard to pick. I may go back and forth. I may say something on here, and then when I do our pick for the website, I, I saw something else on Twitter, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm going go to go the other team. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating game. It's one of those momentum games that the winner of this, I think, is going to be able to build Uh, But again, I just keep hearing how much talent, uh, physical talent from one to 22 Braswell has. And Eaton is is well coached. They've got a good system. Uh, I I think Braswell is just going to have more talent on the field. So I think Braswell uh, is primed to upset Eaton. And I think it'll be a slight upset, uh, according to my rankings. Uh, But I think this is where the kind of uh, game that Braswell gets in there and wins. And then, you know, we, we get all hyped up about Braswell but then they get in that district and they struggle.
0: Right, right, exactly. And so one of those things, like you said, the often, the uh, teams aren't scared because they're playing 5 6 A, so they're not going to be scared to go against Eaton. And Eaton is only bringing back two starters on the offense, so that might be a, a, a little bit of an issue as well. Granted, one of their starters is, is Jaden Platt, one of the Stanford-bound solid players. But I'd probably have to go with Bradshaw as well on that one.
1: Cop Elegant, Saxy, gonna be my Thursday night game. Uh, right, you know, you got Saxy, and, and, and Saxy is feeling disrespected because we did not rank them. And uh, they're a team that's expected to be one, two in, in District 9, 6A. Uh, Coppell is expected to be kind of in the middle playing for a playoff team. They got a new coach. They got the Hershey staff over there uh, and and everything I've heard of. I mean, her, what the Hershey staff did at Hershey is Herculean uh, by many uh, stretches of the imagination. They came in there and they, they did great things at Hershey knowing that the school is about to get closed down. Now they're coming to Coppell and, and they're trying to get Coppell up to that next uh, level. Then you got Saxey who is, is trying to do that. I like Saxey. In this game, in a very close game,
0: I do too. I mean, Saxey doesn't normally do it bad in the, in the non district. Now they're not scheduling crazy teams this year, but playing Capel, it's 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 Hall Hall, whoever's replacing Alex Orgy at quarterback can can find his opening spots and there because it's going to be hard against Braxton Myers and the in the USC bound DB. But if he can find his spots, they could get that win and. Uh, we both kind of agreed six six A is a little bit down this year, and this might be their time to to pounce on them because we also agree that nine six A is not maybe at the top of their level either. So. Right.
1: I've heard some good things uh, coming out of Fossil Ridge. Uh, you know, going back to the Keller schools, and and we're talking some six six A uh, road games. And you and I disagree on Flower Mound. I know Flower Mound is, is <laughs> a team close to your heart and in your demographic area where you live. Uh, I have Flower Mound last in this district. And and again, there's not a big difference between eight and and three in my eyes, uh, in this district. So we're we're just talking about scores and matchups and that sort of thing. So I'm not saying Flower Mound's a a bad team. Uh, but I don't think you can lose uh, Nick Evers and and just be like, oh, okay, you know, well, you know, he had a backup who came in and played every now and then for a couple of uh, you know, series when when he got hurt or, you know, needed a little bit out there. And, and Walt, Walter, Walter Mulkey is just a fantastic player. I'd take him on just about any team uh, in the state of Texas. Uh, but I really wonder about the infrastructure of Flower Mound, and I've heard good things about Fossil Ridge. I'm picking Fossil Ridge over Flower Mound, and I know I'm not going to make many people happy. But it's also one of those games, if I'm proven wrong in a pretty significant way, it might make me completely re-question my thoughts on Flower Mound.
0: Listen, I I thought I told you to stop talking bad at the mouth about Flower Mound. That's the hometown team. That's where the boys go. Um, Sadly, I'm probably agreeing with you only because uh, Landon Chambers running the ball on that Flower Mound defense, which has historically been a little below average, uh, could be a trouble spot right there. But you're making me so mad right now. I might go ahead and pick Flower Mound. I'm so tired of you telling me they're going to finish last. Oh, I'm going to throw this computer. But I'm going to calm down, and I'm going to be judgmental and look at everything, unbiased, still going with Flower Mound. They're going to pull this one off.
1: There you go. That's my guy right there. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Flower Mound, the Crosstown Showdown, uh, Marcus against Highland Park, uh, I had a chance to see Marcus, uh, scrimmage Jesuit. Uh, you know, they played the first series of that game. They looked great. They were playing fantastic. I got to see Highland Park scrimmage playing East. So I've seen both of these teams already in person. I think Flower Mound Marcus is has a really good chance to upset them. If this game were at Flower Mound, if if it we're at Marcus, I would absolutely pick Marcus to win. But how many times, like we saw with HP and Rockwall last year, uh, Flower Mound, you know, Rockwall is a heavy favorite, and then you know, they go to Highlander, and you know, Randy Allen beats them up. But Marcus has they passed the eyeball test. I'll say that.
0: Well, we're going to have touchdown Teddy Madden at that game, and he's going to come back with some unbelievable highlights as he always does. But I agree with you on Marcus quarterback Welfers finally, you know, getting yanked in and out with Jacob uh, Jackson Warner Warren, Warren last year. I don't, I mean, it, it, I don't know if it did him any good, but he's in there now with the Oregon bound receiver. But going down to the Highlander Stadium, man, not only is it tough to park down there. That stadium is right up on you. I mean, the cr- the crowd on that side of the ball is right up on you. Even your visiting crowd, if you get a decent – you don't even really have to have that many because it only goes about six, seven rows back, and you can be packed on that side of the ball as well. It's just something about that Highlander Stadium. I, I, I mean, I think Highland Park pulls this one out, but we talked about Marcus's schedule, man. They go to two Highland Park, and then the next two games are at home with Southlake and Trinity – Uh, they're they're definitely getting themselves some barn burners right off the bat and getting ready to get into that district play.
1: Lewisville against Naaman Forest, another fascinating game where we're starting to have some 6-6A versus 9-6A calibration, as well as some 6-6A versus 7-6A calibration. Uh, A lot of people are high on Naaman Forest. I'm going to get a chance to see Naaman Forest in person next week when they play Plano East. Uh, Lewisville. I think Louisville is going to thump Naaman Forrest. I think a lot of people have this as a 50-50 game. I think Louisville is going to win this game by three
0: scores. Uh, see, I agree with you. Maybe not three scores. Uh, Naaman Forrest is probably one of the top 9 nine-six-a squads, but uh, against Louisville, they're they're ready to go, and they're ready for Highland Park the following week. So, And I don't think they're going to – knowing Coach Odo, they're certainly not going to be looking past Naaman Forrest for Highland Park. So, yes, Louisville should get this one.
1: Yeah, I, I worry about Naaman Forrest with their depth. I mean, they've got some really good players, front line players or frontline players or some of the best can start for anywhere anybody in the state. But I think when you when you step out of that, you know, top you know, top three or four players that Naaman Forrest has, uh, I, I think the the quality and just the depth, for, you know, drops off. They got a great coaching staff over there. Big fan of that. I've already talked some trash with some of the coaching staff over there. We're going to war next week. we got some name Forest yeah. versus Plano East talk. And, and Hebron versus Jesuit is, is one of those fascinating games as well as, because we don't know – there's so much we don't know about Hebron because they graduated so much and they got a new coach. I mean, they're only the second coach in the history of their school. And Jesuit also graduated just about everybody. And I went over and watched Jesuit, and, and Marcus pretty much had their way with Jesuit in, in the first half of the scrimmage. But then in the second half of the scrimmage, Marcus started making mistakes. Jesuit found something. They, they found these little crossing patterns at 10 to 12 yards, and they just kept running them. Uh, and and they took advantage of Marcus' mistakes. They had a pick six. They have a good field goal kicker. For me, if Hebron is going to be a playoff team in 6 6 A. You got to win this game. Uh, and, I, and I picked Hebron to be a playoff team in 66 a So as we're learning about these teams, they got to win this game. I like Hebron to beat Jesuit.
0: Interesting. I and mean, you saw the, the scrimmage. So I got to defer to your judgment. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Jake Musso for, for Jesuit as an athlete, uh, trying to fill in there for Robert Fitzgerald, you know, being that athlete guy. So I'm going to go with Jesuit in this game.
1: I know you are trying to talk me off the ledge a couple of weeks ago. You did not want me to go to, go to Plano at Byron Nelson as my <laughs> Thursday night game. I, and I didn't. I, I listened to you going to uh, Coppell and Saxe anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, I watched some of the highlights of Plano against Rockwall Heath. Uh, and, again, that's how I, that's how my brain connects these things. I'm going to get a chance to see Rockwall Heath and Prosper, which will help me connect to Trinity and uh, and and some of the other teams. I think Byron Nelson should, you know, beat Plano. Plano seemed to struggle with the long ball against Byron Nelson, and I like how you kind of tab Byron Nelson as wide receiver university. I think Byron Nelson offensively should have a field day against Plano's defense.
0: Yeah, you'll hear that phrase from me a couple times in this uh, uh, wide receiver for wide receivers for days, and, and with the uh, with Ransom out there and, and Gavin McCultry, I believe his last name is McCurtry, uh, they're going to be they're going to be uh, playing on this game, and I just didn't want you to have to go to two Plano ISD games in one week to start off the season. You know, I I like the history of Plano ISD, but goodness gracious, brother, not two Plano ISDs in one week.
1: It's getting better, and and I think we're going to see a Plano we're going to see a Plano ISD team win. Uh, We got Plano East at Rowlett and that's a game near and dear to my heart. Plano East played Highland Park very well. And if you think I'm just feeling like a homer, uh, the the scrimmage video is up there. It's on the Highland Park website. You can go check it out. Plano East played Highland Park blow for blow. uh, And Highland Park was a little bit better than Plano East, but it was not this... You know, if, if you're expecting Highland Park to be a top-ten team in the area and you're expecting Plano East to be the dregs of society, it was not the kind of beating you would expect. Plano East scored scored touchdowns. Uh, their defensive line pretty much put Brennan Storer in a straight jacket. I think Plano East is going to go to HBJ on Friday night and start the Tony Benedetto era with a win, and Plano East will have won their first game of yeah. the season in the first I think since 2018. So I'm waving my Panther flag, board. You see it
0: right now. I got it up. I, see it. It. I said, Well, you almost hit me with that thing. Take it easy. Now I'm with you on that. And as even if you didn't have that streak of how many, however many games you've gone to in a row, that's this is one that you would have needed to go to anyway because you want to see how this Benedetto air kicks off. And you're, and I think you're right on this one. I think they do win at Raleigh.
1: Another fascinating game as we're finishing up the Plano ISD. All three Plano ISD uh, teams are on the road to, thing, to start out with. Got Plano West at Mesquite Horn. Uh, again, another fascinating uh, game is we, when we talk about 10-6A, Mesquite Horn is one of those teams that I think has a chance to make the playoffs. And uh, I've, I've talked to the, the Rockwall County game day folks over there uh, who, who really, uh, you know, specialize on 10-6-A. A lot of people think that we're not talking enough about Roy City. A lot of people think we're disrespecting Mesquite. I think the Dallas Morning News had Mesquite uh, either third or fourth in this district. When you look at who's coming back, I really like all of the talent that Mesquite has coming back. They do have a new coach, and Plano West has probably been the more consistent of all three Plano West teams. They had the uh, uh, the first coach to get away from the, Plano, the old Plano ISD system. Uh, so, Coach uh, Suckup over there has done a great job with Plano S. Uh, they had the only non Plano win last year where Plano S beat. You know who Plano West beat last year, Ward?
0: Who did they beat last year? Plano East?
1: round. They beat round uh, as a non Plano ISD
0: win. And we were at that one too. I, was, I should have known that. Dang oh, it. No. Uh, and Plano West
1: is the last Plano ISD school to make the playoffs. So right. lots of positive things to say about Plano West. But I think with the talent I've seen on the Mesquite Horn roster, Mesquite Horn is going to level up the season, and this is the kind of win I think they're going to win.
0: Yeah, Horn's got a solid defensive backfield. And the thing that gets me about Plano West is they got that Vance at quarterback. We saw him at our quarterback competition. He was great, but you look at his stats and he ran for – more than double that he almost as double that he passes is almost like was his receivers not getting open or was it just the game plan but we'll see what he can do this year his senior year
1: and he has a good chance and you know it, it'll be a good com- competition against that uh, uh that mesquite horn defense that you talked about uh going into more 76a talk uh Irving MacArthur is one of those fascinating teams because we talked about you got highland park jesuit and lake highlands how you flip them I've got it at Highland Park Lake Highlands Jesuit I, I saw the morning news has it Highland Park uh Jesuit Lake Highlands I mean you can kind of go either way on, on how you think it's going to be but one thing we know for a, a is that four spot is wide open. It could be Pierce, Berkner, MacArthur, Nimitz, and, and I I even think Richardson and Irving have an outside shot. If if they got some youth coming up and, and can play and, and can win some games, I think they can slide into that four spot. irving MacArthur has been the kind of team over the last few years, I think has a really good chance to consistently get up in that four spot. I'm a big fan of Berkner and uh, and, and the coaching staff over there and what they've done kind of rejuvenating Berkner. Uh, MacArthur plays Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson as a new coach because you know their coach is now the right. head Panther. Uh, but Coach Fish came, I think, from Frisco Lone Star. Uh, he, he stepped right in over there. He was one of those uh, coaches that you thought would be a, a top tier talent in just a few years. And this is his chance uh, to step up. I really like Woodrow Wilson to beat MacArthur uh, because they got their quarterback coming back. Uh, Coach Benedetto did not leave the.
0: Yeah, covered.
1: uh, Empty empty, uh, cooler over there. They've got some players over there. Uh, So I think Woodrow Wilson has a chance to beat MacArthur, and I think they will.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that
1: one. Uh, Lake Highlands against Poteet. For me, and we get back to scheduling and and things like that. I don't know why Lake Highlands is scheduling Mesquite Poteet. I mean, Lake Highlands is, you know, you saw that game against Allen in the the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Allen, you know, they, they, were up on Allen at, at you know up till halftime and then the league, uh they kind of collapsed in the second half. Uh, their their trilogy now against South Grand Prairie has been some of the better first round games uh, that you'll see. And I think this year we're going to see uh, Lake Highlands and South Grand Prairie play each other again. I don't get why you're scheduling your first round game against uh, your first play a uh, first non-district game against Mesquite and especially since you only get two games in that nine-team district. I think Lake Highlands is going to blow out Poteet, uh, win this game by four or five scores. Uh, but I keep hearing some people on Twitter and, and, and some noises saying that they think that I'm a little down on Poteet uh, and that Poteet's going to be better. So maybe Poteet will show us that uh, pedigree in this game, maybe by playing Lake Highlands a little more competitively than we would think.
0: I think that'll be tough for them to do, though. I, I agree with you on that one. I think that's a three-score game, and I think Shamar Donaldson's going to kind of show out there as an athlete on both sides of the ball. So, I got to go Lake Highlands big. Pearson Wiley uh, again, one of those. You know,
1: we got we got some use uh, uh, feedback from our youth, from our uh, readers, listeners, uh, social media uh, consumers. Uh, that they thought we were under-ranking Wiley. I think I picked Wiley eighth when we had our 9-6-A. Uh, and uh, it, it again, I, I mentioned that I feel like it's a very close uh, kind of a – you know, connection, and same thing with Pierce. You're talking about 7-6A, how close. I think those teams are bunched up. So I, I really like this matchup. Uh, this is one of those really good matchups. Uh, I, I think if Wiley is going to be competitive, this is the kind of game that they're going to have to win. Uh, Pierce has got a new coach, and they have a new coach late. I think Wiley uh, ekes this out. Uh, yeah. Week one uh, at at the Pirate ship over there in Wiley, new, new system over at Pierce. Uh, I think it's going to take them a couple of weeks to get their footing. I like Wiley in this. Year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Amo will be out and be able to cheer them on and prove that they are, whatever they said to you online, that they they can back it up.
1: Got your Amo shirt on for, for, yeah, for buddy. this
0: week. I'm going to do something to you. Amo. Amo.
1: Arlington <laughs> against Mesquite. Again, you know, we, we talked about 10-6-A. Is Mesquite that team? You know, they only returned like 17 lettermen. And I, I was having a, uh, a debate with a coach in 106 6 about Mesquite. he thinks Mesquite's going to be much better. Uh, he, he's hoping that they're not going to be as good. Uh, but, you know, he was thinking they're going to be better than I think they're going to be as well. Uh, so I think this game against Arlington is going to give us a really good insight into both teams but uh, I, I just don't see what people see with Mesquite right now. And, and I guess sometimes you got to learn, and, and Mesquite has a chance to prove me wrong. Uh, but I, I like the Colts in this game. I like Arlington.
0: Yeah, and Arlington's been kind of dangling around that 4-5 or five spot in their district for a couple of years now. and they were, they were right up there for a while, and it's, they want to get back up on top. So a non-district win at, on the road could help to do that.
1: I, I, one of the teams we talked about in the campfire that I'm very high on, I think has a chance to be really good this year. Uh, Arlington Lamar, I think uh, the second year, uh, Coach Skinner over there has a chance to, uh, you know, really get things going. I think they should beat uh, Keller Timber Creek by 10-14 points. I, I really like Lamar uh, in this game.
0: Yeah, uh, you're probably right on that one, but don't Timber Creek always has underrated receivers? I mean, you know, you got Eric Izacamus sitting there with the Dolphins right now. And this year it's Lonnie Johnson. Yeah, I believe he's SMU bound, but he's, he's going to be somebody to watch as well. But when you look at this one, Bowie, they need to get this one and they will get this one.
1: Now I, I know you're going to have the camera on your shoulder. So you've probably done a little bit of research and what you're expecting with Martin and Travis. So, so what's your take on Martin? and that's, Travis that, over there
0: that's, with that's a barn burner. You throw ESPN in there as well to, to, sweeten the deal a little bit, get a little national exposure there. But, man, they, they in that scrimmage that I saw, their offense didn't – their number one offense, their first-team offense didn't really impress as much. The defense did. The they, they held Trinity to maybe one or two first downs in those ten plays. They never did get in the end zone. But their, their offense, boy, oh boy. Granted, they were going up against ones from Duncanville, but they – uh, didn't show me much of the quarterback position, and they're going to need to do something to get some uh, points on the board. You know, Wager's going to have something up his sleeve, but I don't know. I may, I may actually swing that one towards Lake Travis uh, in opening night.
1: Yeah, for for me, I think Martin. Have, you know, they've got so much coming back. You know, they got the quarterback, or you got the the coach on uh, at running back. You got JV and Naviano. They've got such a good line, but Lake Travis is just one of those teams that's playing in December year in and year out, uh, and Lake Travis is not shy about coming up here to the Metroplex, so this is not going to be their first road trip up I-35. Uh, I think Lake Travis wins this game by double digits.
0: And win or lose, this is going to be a, a positive for Martin, I think, for the rest of the season.
1: Absolutely, and 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 Martin again. We talk about non-district schedules. Martin says, "Bring them on," and I think we're going to get a real chance to calibrate Allen with the, with Arlington Martin and, and some of those things at week three uh, when they play. Uh, Allen's got a Houston school next week, uh, but then we get Arlington Martin against Allen, and I think that that will start to really give us some insight uh, into Division One and, and Region One. Uh, Sam Houston against North Crowley, uh, you know, one of those mismatches. I think North Crowley wins big. I don't think you'll disagree with me too much on that.
0: I will not. I will not. Um, Same with the next one, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. Uh, Grand Prairie against Roy City is going to be a fascinating game, and we've talked about how – uh, I, I feel like Royce City, you know, they they, they they're questionable competition uh, if they're going to be a playoff team. If Roy City is going to be a 10-6A playoff team, I think they got it. They got to uh, at home beat a team like Grand Prairie. But I think Grand Prairie is a little underrated by some. I think Grand Prairie is a playoff team in 8-6A. Uh, so I think Grand Prairie will go to Royce City and uh, knock off the Bulldogs. But if Royce City, if their resume is what what they want it to be, what I'm hearing, I think that's the kind of a game they've they've got to win. Is
0: that the kind? Is is that the type of teams that uh, a new 6A team should be playing? I mean, we talked earlier about how you shouldn't be playing 5A teams, but uh, uh, middle of the Pack 5A team is that, or excuse me, 6A team is that the kind of team Royce City should be playing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I don't like the rest of their non-district schedule when they get okay. to Melissa and, and and that. But this is the you know, I, I would have picked like a team like Skyline, you know, that they're going to get some really good athletes. A, a team like Grand Prairie, and then maybe a, a Garland ISD team. You know, that's yeah. what I think Roy City should have you know like a, a team like Name and Force. I think Name and Force, Roy City would have been a great game. Now Name and Force. You know they're leveling up. They they're taking on Louisville and and, and Plano East for their two non-district games. Uh, so you know Naaman Forest is looking around saying, hey, we gotta we gotta win playoff games. Uh, we're tired of making the playoffs. We gotta play 10-6A in the first round of the playoffs, and we gotta get a win. Uh, and so I, I like what Naaman Forrest is doing. Uh, and Grand Prairie, me, I think Grand Prairie is one of the underrated teams. Uh, I think Grand Prairie is gonna get the W against Royce City. But uh, Roy City has a great opportunity to prove me wrong, and I'm excited to uh, uh, check out that game. And and speaking of that, kind of a bounce back when we talk about Garland ISD. I think of all of the playoff games in the first round last year. Uh, Ward, were, were you most shocked by Tyler Legacy beating Garland? Yeah. I mean, for me, that was like, wow.
0: Absolutely. and, and we, There's an equivalent one down there in Houston with Fort Ben Marshall. It's a whole season building up to this six game stretch or however long they could last in the playoffs. And then to get beat by right off the bat by title legacy, you feel like you've stayed through this whole movie and then really got let down at the end like you're watching one of those M. Night Shyamalan movies or whatever it is. Yeah, I was really waiting for a great finish and it was a dud. But – and now they're all gone. Now they all – I mean, a lot of their talent has graduated. So – and they're playing a a 5A McKinney North team as well.
1: So, you know, this is one of those games. It's a good matchup. Uh, I think Garland is going to be a little bit down. But I think McKinney North is also going to be a little bit down. Uh, They've got a new coach over there, new system. Uh, So I think Garland will win this game just based on the athletes on the field and and some of the winning pedigree that they're going to bring – Uh, Coming up, you know, McKinney North struggled a little bit last year, uh, but I think this is going to be a seven point game either way. And I think this is one of those games that if McKinney North wins big or Garland wins big, it's going to be one of those games where all of a sudden, okay, you're back on our radar, Garland, or okay, McKinney North, you know, when we start talking 5A, you're back on our radar. Uh, But I think Garland will uh, eke this one out. Uh, Another fascinating game, you know, we're talking about the youth. You got Lakeview Centennial against Frisco Memorial. Uh, Lakeview Centennial is thought to have some really good talent coming back. Uh, A lot of people think that they're going to be a favorite. We talked about Frisco Memorial in that district with Argyle. And, 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 you know, are are they going to be competitive and get up there in in the playoffs? Uh, I I think that this is a 50-50 game as well. Uh, I, I'm going to lean toward Lakeview Centennial, but I, I could easily see Frisco Memorial winning this game. And I might change my mind on it as I dig right. a little deeper into it.
0: Yeah, th- this is going to be a good one, to be honest with you. When I first look at it, I think about, that would be a really interesting basket hoops game because Frisco Memorial is so good in basketball and, and Garland Lakeview Centennial has the uh, great athletes that come through and a great head coach. But in this game, you're right, it's a
1: 50-50. Moving on to uh, – uh, Wiley East against Richardson Berkner. Again, we got uh, I got Berkner as my fourth place team in uh, 7-6A. I've got Wiley East as my fourth place team in 9-6A. They're right here on the cusp. I, I like the skill talent at Wiley East. I think Wiley East is, you know, they're leveling up. They're playing the kind of teams that I would want to see them play in, in 6A scheduling. Uh, I think Wiley East uh, knocks out Berkner to start out the season.
0: My question is, will Terrell Washington stay within the offense or will he try to prove he's a 6 quarterback and kind of do things himself? So it, I'd like to see how that game transpires, but unfortunately, I won't be at that one.
1: You won't be at that one. And a game you will not be at. And in fact, I, I see a note here on our private Slack that says, do not care, do not talk about it. it's not DFW. Tyler Legacy against Lufkin. Uh, Why'd you write that word?
0: Uh, I'm going to give you the silent treatment on this one. This is in North Texas, so I don't want to talk about it. So go ahead and speak on Tyler Legacy and Lufkin.
1: Again, Tyler Legacy. You need to care about them if you care. If you love Ten Six A, and I know you do love Ten Six A, you gotta love Tyler Legacy. You gotta know where they fit into things. Uh, And and now Lufkin is that's kind of a DFW area district. We'd rank them too if they were uh, if they were good enough to be ranked in that district with Lancaster and Longview. Uh, I think Tyler Legacy should win this game by two scores. Uh, but there's been a lot of questions about Tyler Legacy. So I'll be very curious. Uh, since I, you know, there's only so many schools we can cover. I haven't had a chance to really dive, have a deep dive into Tyler Legacy. Uh, I really will be interested to really get into the box score of who who are the stars for both of these teams. Uh, because these this is the kind of game you have to care about, Ward, if you're covering North Texas football. So you need to erase that that those mean slack messages about. Uh, these kind of games. But I know a game you do care about because you tried to get me to go there, Uh, Rockwell Heath at Denton Geyer.
0: Test down Teddy Madden will be there live. And it's uh, that's to me, that's a good way to kick off the season. We'll see Jackson Arnold trying to go for a third state title game in four years, and and he's got his his cast of characters there, and Rockwell Heath is trying to uh, recover the blow of graduation and see what they have going.
1: Yeah, like I said, I saw I saw some of their highlights. Their new quarterback, Colin Lyles, uh, consistently found uh, the end zone against Plano, and I, and I know that may not be saying much, uh, but I think Rockwell Heath will be more competitive. Like I said, I'm going to go see them next week against Prosper uh, for some calibration, and then we're going to kind of be able to connect Rockwell Heath, Trinity, Geyer, Allen. You start to connect all of these schools who are all playing each other. I think Denton Geyer should win this game, but I wouldn't be surprised uh if rockwell heath was up at halftime maybe even up in the third you know getting guyer might have pulled away in the fourth quarter uh, i think it's going to be a nip and tuck game but i think guyer probably wins by double digits when all is said and done
0: absolutely and then we get uh north forney taking on white house uh, your thoughts on north forney this year now that our, our guy uh uh, coach, uh, his name escaped me already, but he's Randy overseas. Jackson. Yeah, Randy Jackson is already overseas coaching the team in uh, Germany, which is pretty interesting.
1: damn Royals, and yeah, 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 over yeah. there, by the way, like he's gonna win a German Football League championship. Awesome. Whatever, you know, we're just sitting here talking high school football and talking about his <laughs> old school. And, and, and I saw the new coach over there, you know, the new coach uh, for North 40 went over there uh to, to hang out with coach yeah. Jackson yeah. And, and get some insight. Uh what do you know about White House Wars? Tell tell me break down. i tell you White what, uh,
0: I guess uh well Joe Biden was is in there and he's uh letting things happen with the country and we used to have all uh, right, I don't know as much about White House as I should know. Why are, don't you tell you, me what you know?
1: Are you gonna talk a little Patrick Mahomes on us?
0: Yeah I could talk about him or when our guy David Watkins was doing the show he called it Mahomes as if he <laughs> a little Patrick Mahomes, but I do know that about him, yes. About North
1: Forney, this is not the kind of leveling up that I want to see North Forney if they're going to be a surprise team in this district. They should handle White House pretty easily, even though they're going to go on the road. Uh, but uh, if North Forney cannot convincingly beat White House, I, I think it's going to be a long season for North Forney. So they're going, to, they're going to need this one in a pretty big way.
0: Now, we're moving into 11-6-8, and we haven't spoken about 11 6 a team yet, so that tells me that almost all of them are on the road. So, uh, I guess Wachahachie isn't, but we're starting off with Mansfield at Waco Midway, who used to be an 11-6-8 team, but they're not now, and Mansfield is a team that they say they should be higher ranked than Cedar Hill as well.
1: Yeah, a, a district uh, a, a district rematch. You know, when you're looking at who you're going to play, why don't you get some of the? Uh, and and I've seen this over the last few years with 11-6A. You know, it's like all this 11-6A is almost on their own little island, and yeah. they don't really calibrate and play with some of these other teams. You know, you're going to see Duncanville has a hard time playing, getting games. DeSoto has a hard time getting games. Cedar Hills like we'll play anybody. You know, please come right. play us. And then, you know, some of the the Mansfield schools, they kind of like to play the other Mansfield schools in non district. So, really, 11 6A has a lot of mystery to it. And, and I've seen that kind of consistently. Uh, if Mansfield is going to be a team that is going to compete for the four spot, you got to beat Midway, who didn't make the playoffs last year. And I think you got to beat them big. So, I think Mansfield is going to win this game by double digits. And if all of a sudden Midway, it, it's competitive or Midway wins that game, I think, you know, I'm going to have to come back to my Mansfield friends and say, hey, how. How do you expect to get in the playoffs in this district right. if you can't, you know, beat Midway, a team that wasn't very competitive in this district last year?
0: Absolutely. And then we, we were coming up on a Saturday afternoon game that's indoors in August. Who do you think is going to be shooting that game for inside high school sports?
1: I, I, I believe you have some insight in this game. That's and, right. and last year, one of the things that you gave me the most grief about was this game. Like you kept Absolutely. telling me how I was wrong about everything last year because you saw this game in person.
0: That's right. I saw one game, and that told me that you don't know nothing about nothing because you were r- raving the Rockwell flag, and I was like, man, Cedar Hill just didn't come to the table all that much. Uh, I, I wasn't impressed by him, and I think you're putting too much on this win. Uh, this year, if Rockwell wins, I I would hope they won win by two 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 and a half scores of like 17 points or something like that for me to, to get on their back, but they got that new quarterback in there, Lake Bennett, who's a fire hydrant in there he'll bowl you over and he'll toss it around as well
1: absolutely and i think that uh, uh Rockwall should win this game pretty handily uh but if again if cedar hill is competitive i think it might it'll either tell us one of, i mean obviously it's like if they win they win if they lose they lose uh but if cedar hill uh, is competitive in this game maybe they've got a little more than we think uh, or maybe Rockwall is a little bit down. Maybe you know uh, losing their quarterback was a little bit more of a of, of an issue. But I don't know if you saw the highlight out there. There's a a, a clip of, of Noble Johnson from the scrimmage just completely doing a ridiculous like just a little flat route and he takes it 75 yards like going through it looks like a punt return just a little you know one of those little five yard routes and, and and he makes a touchdown out of it uh if he can consistently do that you know you start to have that uh, jackson and uh, the Jigba vibes all of a sudden uh what can you do about that so i, I think Rockwall uh should win this game pretty handily
0: absolutely they should and then Duncanville
1: then, and South Oak Cliff Ward I've been yeah. waiting all show to hear what you think about this game
0: Man, that game well the first thing I think about is why does it have to be Saturday night after the show airs because that means we will not have highlights for it and it's, it's upsetting to me but I think this is going to be a bar I mean I really think this is going to be a barn burner to the point where I'm not ready to pick who's going to win. I think that's it, may actually be a pick them, and Duncanville fans are going to be like, what are you talking about? But I will say this the Duncanville defense is probably better than advertised. Martin's first team offense got 10 plays, and they threw three picks in those 10 plays uh, against the number ones from Duncanville. And they are just running to the ball and they're drilling people. But that's what I expect out of South Oak Cliff, too. So this. To me, this may be a game in the 17-14 or in the 20s or something like that. It's It, it should be a great game. Yeah, I'll do you one better, and, and I'm probably going
1: to get the scores wrong, but I, I'm thinking of Denton Guyer versus Denton Ryan last year, like week yeah. one or week two, and it was like 7-7, and it yeah. goes to overtime. And Overton, I, you know, yep. it was like 13-7 final or something. Yeah. I think you might see something like that in this game, especially with Duncanville uh, and, and their defense and as good as their defense has been. And South Oak Cliff has so much returning and, and you know, that their bread and butter is going to be on their defense. I think it's going to be field position. And I think if we get more scores, it's going to be special teams or, you know, like a, a pick six that ends on the one and then they're able to bullet in uh, and you get your points like that. I would, I'm going to set the over-under on total offensive yardage for both teams at 300 and take the under. And, you know, we see some of these 1,200-yard games when you're seeing like Justin Northwest and McKinney North playing each other and having these 70 to 63 games. I think we're going to see like a 10-7 to 7 sort of game. Uh, but I think Duncanville, they tend to win this game. So I'm, I'm going to take Duncanville. Yeah.
0: And since you don't see these, you will never see these two teams play again this year, obviously, because of different classifications. It kind of feels like uh, for those NASCAR fans, it's, it's the Daytona 500 where the Super Bowl is at the beginning. and You have all this buildup for that first game. And then, then we can get on to the rest of the schedule. It, it, that has that kind of feel to it.
1: It does, but kind of like the Daytona 500, it's probably not going to be that much fun to watch at the end of the day unless you're a no. defensive purist.
0: And there's going to gonna be a lot of wrecks, body I mean, against body wrecks.
1: You know, it may be fun to watch if you like those kind of offensive line kind of battles. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, offense versus defensive line, uh, cornerbacks, you know, how they kind of, uh, you know, use body leverage to uh, break up passes. I think it'll be fascinating at like a micro level, but at a macro level. I don't know if that game is going to be much fun to watch. I don't think Skyline and Lanc- uh, Lancaster will be that much fun to watch either. Uh, I think Lancaster is much better than Skyline. But at the same time, Skyline is one of those teams I think, you know, they they, ha- they have a lot coming back. Uh, they were young last year, so I think they have a chance to potentially – this is one of those games I could see being an upset about 30% of the games on – in week one, you know, just completely different result than what you expected. Uh, you know, it, it's weird. It's, it's like Dave, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You think Lancaster is going to win big, but you wouldn't be surprised to see Skyline win. If everything holds as I think it's supposed to hold, like if on paper, if my Madden scores are right for both teams, I think Lancaster has a really good chance to win. But I think of what I know, this game, I I, I have a chance to be wrong about what I think about the teams most likely. So that's why I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. It's just early. And I think both teams have a lot of variability, and we're going to start to calibrate that variability uh, in this kind of a game. So it could go either way, even though I think – uh, Lancaster is, is a better team but I'm, I'm very interested to find out
0: what happens yeah you rewind this 10 years and it's uh, samples against Gilbert and you know uh, I'd be fighting to get to that game to shoot it so it's a it's definitely a, a different uh, a different time different era let's talk about how much you know about St. Augustine of Louisiana as they uh as they play DeSoto and I believe it's a neutral site too as well right
1: yeah, it's in Oregon. So, yeah. you know, we talk about my triangulation theory <laughs> where you've got, you know... On a grand uh,
0: scale.
1: On the grand scale of things, you got New Orleans and DeSoto. Where, where would the middle maybe be out in Houston? Like, what would be a good stadium yeah. out in Houston? Like, yeah. like Katy Stadium? One or of something?
0: the Katy stadiums, but instead we're going to Oregon.
1: Going to Oregon. Going, <laughs> going to Nike. Uh, I, I looked at St. Augustine, and they were four and six last year, and they, they've got some talent, but I mean, if Desoto is a team that is going to contend, and I, I know you've been kind of dogging on these out-of-state games and, and playing that, but if Desoto is the kind of team that can go compete for a state title, they got to beat a four-and-six New Orleans team. More. Yeah.
0: No, that that's this is a different scenario. Now next week when we talk about them against St. Francis, I don't know if I'll be going with Desoto in that game, but this one, yes. Well, it's an interesting tri- triangulation for that game too, right? Desoto, absolutely. Baltimore, and we're going to play in Fort Worth.
1: I'm playing for Fort
0: Worth next week. Let's uh, finish out six A with the little Mansfield against uh, Legacy against Richland. Yeah, what do you think about would
1: that one? Finish up uh, Legacy and and, and Richland. Uh, you know, Legacy has been one of those teams that uh, has had a hard time, you know, winning. Uh, in, and Richland is a team that we're expected to make the playoffs. Uh, Legacy may not win another game this year. Uh, I think Legacy's got to get this win just to get some traction in this district. I think they have a chance to beat Richland this year. I'm going to take Legacy in a little bit of an upset over Richland.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They, they they got a hard season ahead of them. So if they don't get this one, it could be a 0-10 season instead of last year when they went 1-9. Well,
1: Ward, that was a look at six A football, and we didn't talk about just some of the games. We talked about all of the games in six A. So, if you are a six A fan, you know we, we talked about you. Uh, but you know, as you tell me that uh, that time is, that time is valuable, and you know we, we can't spend eight hours on the podcast uh, as as much as I would love to, and and, and I know people would probably enjoy a eight part series uh, where we break down every game. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of go a little faster through 5A. We'll we'll just pick some of the some of the highlights. And once district starts, it'll kind of if if you're just listening to us for the first time, we're not going to talk about every game in the state of Texas every single week at a micro level. But uh, uh, we'll maybe next week we'll we'll focus a little more on 5A and and just kind of give some 6A quick hits and. Go back and forth, but a game I'm fascinated about uh, in 5A is Alito against Parish Episcopal. I know you, ca- you you care a little bit more about the small schools for or the private schools for TV, you yeah. know, and all that kind of a stuff. I don't really do this, you know, the, the private really. schools as much. But I, you know, I, I've been looking at the picture of Parish Episcopal Stadium, trying to think of how Alito is going to fit okay. into that thing.
0: That's, that's a very, very good question. I have a feeling this uh, standing room only won't even do it justice. It's going to be packed the field and stand all over the place. Heck, half of them might, Alito fans may run out there and try to make some tackles because they're going to be so close to the field. There's no seats.
1: And it's just and you know they gotta get those uh they gotta get the portable stands from the double wide. The double wide is what we used to call Allen's old stadium, and they just yeah. it was about that big, but they just kind of put these portable stands all around it to kind of give it a bowl feel uh before they built the new stadium. Uh I can't, you yeah, again, I, I don't know parish episcopal. I, I don't watch them week in and week out. From what I know about Alito, I can't see Alito not winning this game by at least two scores. I, I just, you know, I, I appreciate Parish Episcopal's three-time defending champs. They got a quarterback over there who could start anywhere. But Alito is just like, you know, we talked about Alito and Denton Ryan when we got into the campfire. Almost, you know, Alito's got 22 players who could probably play D1, D2, or D3 ball at some point. I just can't see Parish Episcopal having the, the depth to, to handle that. I think Alito's going to win this game convincingly.
0: And I, and I don't think they do either, but I do think that they're, they're playing into your, uh, your theory of you need to play. You need to play up because taps at the top, is, at the top division taps at the very top division is they don't have a lot of teams in the state. I think it was somewhere around 11 or 12. They keep losing teams to lower districts. So they're, if, if they don't want to play lower teams then they're going to have to go at it and they are going at it because I, I believe socks on their schedule. I believe they have, Three, they got China Spring on the schedule, I believe. It's it's a a powerhouse schedule. Now they may not win these games, but if they want to win four straight, you know, titles, and if they want to have a successful season where they feel like they are challenged, they're going to have to play these type games. And this may be the first. It is the first time they're playing the league I'm sure it's the first time they played soccer. They're just going out there and saying, "Let's go. Let's play the toughest teams. If we lose." So be it, but we're going to be stronger for it. And it's going to get you guys ready for the next level if that's where you're headed.
1: Kind of like what Sock did last year against Duncanville. You know, we're talking about that and and they took their lumps in that game against Duncanville and they won state out of it. Uh, So to me, I think they're going to take their lumps. I don't see Alita. I don't see this parish Episcopal team from what I know about them. And again, Again, I'm, I'm I admit I don't know what I don't know, uh, but I do know Alito, and, and Alito as one of the best teams in UIL football this year should win this game pretty convincingly. Uh, another fascinating for me uh, game in three six three five a division one is Azel against Frisco Reedy, and it's one of those games that. Uh, I've seen Azel picked in the playoffs by the Dallas Morning News and a couple of other publications. I I did not pick Azel to make the playoffs. In fact, I had Azel sixth in this district. I had Brewer as the team uh, that I'm keeping an eye on in this district as potentially uh, upsetting Centennial or Northwest. This is just a good district, you know, from from top to bottom. And I've got Frisco Reedy on the way up in their district. And I've got Azel on the way down. So if so, this is one of those games I could just be completely wrong about. Uh, I, I saw the computer poll has Azel as a favorite in this one. I've, I've got Frisco Reedy as a favorite in this one. Uh, it's going to be one of those what I call a calibration game. Am I right? Are they right? I guess we're going to find out. Uh, and and I don't want to disrespect our friends in Azel. Azel right. has one of the best fan bases in in uh, the in the Metroplex, but I think Frisco Reedy is that team this year uh, that's ready to take the next step up in Frisco ISD.
0: Yeah, it's one of those games where you know we can talk all we want about scrimmages and seven on sevens and what we think we know about these teams, but they're what we got to get them on the field, and once we see them once, we'll know know where we're at as far as these teams go. But Reedy really having to go out there is is the thing is the reason that I think Asia will probably win that game because uh, heading out that far I think Asia is going to pull it off. They did get a share of that title last year. I know me and you are kind of upset that everybody keeps uh, dumping on Brewer, but because <laughs> we both think they're a playoff team. But if they're not, I think Asia will be the team that takes the force the force spot in that one.
1: Okay. And a and game you were trying to get me to go to, uh, and, and I told you no, uh, was Crisco-Wakeland against Grapevine. Why were you fascinated with that game? When you're starting to look at you know coverage and all that, why did Grapevine and, and Wakeland interest you?
0: Well, here's my problem in producing the show. Grapevine is always in that district with the Fort Worth teams, and I find myself the only games I really get them before the playoff starts for them is against Collierville Heritage and I was like, okay, well, Grapevine's playing a Wakeland team that I have high aspirations for. Uh, as soon as I brought that up to you, you're just like, I know. Yeah, Wakeland's going to win by two, three, four touchdowns. I was like, all right, well, dang, dude, I just weren't trying to get Grapevine on the screen. But yes, I'm a bit huge fan of Wakeland after being at that game against uh, Highland Park last year and and just seeing that. Now, you had mentioned something to me with their coach uh, leaving so late in the game at Wakeland and having a new guy come in there, but I still think they got the talent with Trip Riordan over there tight end and they got some other player Con- Connor on the on the offensive line they got a solid uh, blocking team and I think they probably take down grapevine but I wasn't going to say three four touchdowns maybe you, you're going to back off that now but <laughs> since I put words in your mouth what are you gonna do, yeah. back out at me. I'll, I'll back
1: out a little bit, especially with, you know, I, I think Wakeland is at least a two-score favorite. Uh, but, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about Grapevine being a team to watch out with, you know. But, again, I can't think of the last time Grapevine has won a game they were supposed to lose. So this is what, you know, they could have a signature win here. Yeah. Uh, Frisco-Wakeland team that gave College Station all they wanted, uh, beat Highland Park. Uh, in Grapevine, you know they've 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 had the highs and the lows. When when they when they're supposed to win, they they win. You know they beat the fourth ISD teams, and when they're supposed to lose in the playoffs, they lose. When it's time to Uh, play those good teams and i think uh for them to level up to that next level you got to beat a team like wakeland i don't think they're going to uh but you know that's the kind of thing i'm sure they got to talk about in their internal dialogues and their coaches and their things like hey we gotta we gotta start winning some of these games if we're gonna we're gonna make it to the next level instead of just beating uh the teams we're supposed to beat uh but wakeland is their offense may be one of the best offenses in the state and their defense is, is a little ahead of schedule. I think Wakeland should win this game
0: going away. I hear you. I'm, I might be with you a little bit on that one. Maybe and,
1: and we're also talking about these 5A and, and 6A uh, schools and, and, and Parish Episcopal and leveling up and Longview is saying, hey, you know, let's take on McKinney Boyd. Let's play some big schools. And I know a lot of people have Longview as a big favorite in this game as part of that McKinney ISD uh, classic. I think McKinney Boyd is going to give Longview hell. And, and I think this boils down to a lot of people have picked Longview over Alito and Denton and Ryan. And, and if you remember, we had that rankings discussion, how we should do one, two, three. And Dave Campbell's had Longview as the number one team. And I disagreed with it if Longview is the number one team in the state, if they are better than Alito and they are better uh, than Denton Ryan, they probably do beat McKinney Boyd by four or five touchdowns. Uh, but if you remember that game uh, at the star where Longview went into Denton Ryan and Denton Ryan just completely whapped, yeah. you know, whapped them around, I, you know, this is a lot of those kids coming back from that Longview team and McKinney Boyd is a very in that, in that five A they are a very good team. Regardless, I'm picking Longview to win, to be clear, but I don't think it's going to be – a lot of people have this as an easy game. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think Longview will win this game, seven to ten points, maybe a late fourth-quarter touchdown, but I think it's going to be a competitive game throughout.
0: What's your thoughts uh, going against your theory there, so McKinney Boyd being a 6A team, is this a good 5A team to play? I mean, they're, they're technically leveling down in classification, but this is probably the best of the best in the 5A.
1: Yeah, when you look at how yeah, it, it is the best of the best and you get a, a team that travels well and, and you're going to get a really good uh, environment as far as that goes. You, know, you look at who McKinney Boyd has played the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they played uh, Byron Nelson and, and, and they've played Louisville and they've played, you know taken on some good teams. Uh, so I, I have no problem with uh, going back to what we've been talking about with choosing your games. I have no problem with them taking on Longview. Uh, and I think Longview might end up looking back at and saying, ah, we, we shouldn't have taken on McKinney-Boyd uh, because because they are getting so hyped up and I, they might start to believe their own hype. And McKinney-Boyd is not the team you want to play if, if you think and you're going to get an easy win and, and step up and, and completely blow a team out. Uh, I, I think, again, Longview is a favorite, but I don't think they are a prohibited favorite. Gotcha. And uh, moving on, a, a game that we would have talked about as a four a, as a four A Division one, maybe a regional final rematch. You got Argyle and Melissa. We get treated to them both leveling up in five A Division two, uh, both of them stepping up to the next play uh, plane and playing each other. I know you're a big fan of Argyle, or as we call them, Flower Mound Argyle, <laughs> uh, out there in your backyard. What do you think about th- this as? Both teams opening game in a in a new division. Do you like it? You know, what do you think? I about do it?
0: like it. I do like it. 7 30 start. It just barely missed the cut for uh for our show. But since we know we're going to hit Argyle, Love Joy Week Two, and Melissa uh is coming on in a couple weeks. I can't remember who they're playing, but I I like this game. I like the way uh I like how these two teams continued their four A rivalry brought it up to the 5A level. And I think both coaches told me that when I talked to them this summer. They're like man, we, we really don't want to miss out on playing, you know, the other team. So why don't we play in the non-district? It's not like we're playing down to a 4A team as well. And we can still get that same, you know, atmosphere, environment for the big games. And both of them have studs on the defense end. You'll hear me talk about Nigel Smith and am Blue in the Face from Melissa. And then you look on the other side with Riley Van Poppel and, and Michael Madre. They, they, there's big guys out there to snuff out the run, but which quarterback is going to step up? And make the plays.
1: Uh, this is one of those games I haven't come to a complete decision on because you know the, you can go back and forth. It just seems like Argyle's kind of had Melissa's number historically. Right. So what? Why wouldn't they in five A either? Uh, but again, with Argyle having a chance to, you know, we talked about their relatively uh, weak district. They got they got they're very well benefited from the district that they were put in. Uh, it, this is a good game for them, and uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be interested. Friday Night on the Dump, this is the kind of a game that we're going to go in detail about. Another game I think is going to be fascinating and uh, is Mansfield Summit against Lake Ridge yeah. uh, because Summit is one of those schools that we don't really know what we're going to get out of them. Uh, you know, they've played in non district uh, not as well as they do in the playoffs. They're one of those teams that wake up, kind of like you talked about with Prosper earlier in our show. Uh, but Lake Ridge is a team I'm personally expecting to overachieve. I don't know if Lake Ridge can beat Summit, but I think it's going to be a very close game. I think a lot of people have this. I've seen a couple of the computer polls have this as a summit blowout i think summit is maybe a three to four point favorite in this game i might take lake ridge as a, like a one point upset kind of a thing uh, i've gone back and forth on this one a, a few times uh I, I don't know where i stand as far as when we're taping this i i, I got another 24 hours to at least think about it D- can you convince me one way or the other
0: i can't convince you and because of the whole summit deal i mean you talk a lot about the dallas morning news some of these other publications well so they I'm sure they're look. They have a lot of stuff to to mess with in their rankings and everything. But they, a lot of people have Summit over Ennis in that district. I'm not even sure that's gonna. I think Ennis may may pass them up in the district. But because we just don't know what they have, we don't know what Summit has. They graduated. They may have some great guys that just never got to get on the field there. So this will be a nice test. And it's not. It's not like anybody's gonna have a home field advantage. It's a nice. Newsome game there that they can play with each other and and have their share of crowd in there. So it, it's I think this is going to be a fascinating game.
1: Yeah. and and our last game that we're going to talk about before we wind it down and 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 beat up each other one more time, it's going to be my last game of. I, I'm hoping you'll come you'll come say hi to me even though it's past what you call your yeah. your cut off time. You don't care anymore. I try. Folks, I, I try to get him to get this on the Houston show, but his Houston show. It you're has kidding. like an 11 o'clock cutoff. We can get College Station as an 11. That's a, that's a Houston area team, right, Ward?
0: It is not. And <laughs> we do not have an 11 o'clock cutoff since the show starts at 11. I got to get that thing together by about nine. So all the stuff you're talking is just gibber jabber But Lovejoy versus College Station is going to be a, a great game, College Station being the – the runner-up, Love. Uh, most people think that Lovejoy was the de facto maybe runner-up in Division Two. Who I don't know. That's just hearsay. But they have receivers for days. You know exactly what I was going to say. And and College Station is that running back that's just as top-notch. So it, that will be a, a, a nice way to cap off Week One.
1: Yeah, and I saw uh, one of my friends from Alito, I guess watched. I guess College Station maybe scrimmaged A&M consolidated we're out of my pay grade when we're talking this I I think I saw something that they they had an intra Bryan College Station battle over there uh again not my area to cover I I like Lovejoy in this game Uh, I, I think Lovejoy everything they have coming back and I know you were talking to the coach as part of your Thursday, your your uh, your kickoff show yeah, uh, and, and talking about their transfer quarterback and, and kind of how how that's going to end up working out. If, if Lovejoy has a better quarterback or if, whether they're going to play Franklin and, and and he's better or they're going to play a transfer quarterback, I guess we'll find out uh, on, on Saturday how that's going to end up being, how it's going to end up playing out. If that quarterback position is better than last year, and it was good last year. If it's gone from good to great, Lovejoy has is going to be as good as anybody in, in, in the state. I don't know if they're going to be sought good, uh, but they're you know I, I think they should beat College Station, especially if College Station lost their coach uh, and they graduated pretty heavy, and, and Lovejoy has ten starters coming back uh, and a couple of transfers. I mean, what can you say about that offense? Uh, I and in College Station. Uh, they they won some shootouts last year, so their defense you know had some had some question marks. Uh, so I think Lovejoy in a shootout, I like Lovejoy to uh, to end the Tom Landry Classic and also end uh, week one uh, episode two of Digging for Wisdom.
0: Absolutely, and and just for the viewers' point of view, uh, if you're going to watch the show, there's actually two really good rivalry games too that we won't go in depth with. Ennis is playing Whitechucky and. Burleson is battling for a boot against Burleson Centennial. So there's they kick. I love it when the rivalry games are right off the bat because then you can ease into other rivalry games throughout the season. But boy, you're already amped to play week one, and now you got your hated rival on the other side. It's, it, it makes for a hell of an atmosphere.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I like Hatchie and Burleson Centennial in both of those games. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. I know you got the camera. That's your that's your Friday night game over there, uh, Hatchie and Ennis.
0: Yes, and another game I'll have Friday: uh, Stephenville against Midlothian Heritage, which uh, Stephenville has a defending championship team coming into Midlothian Heritage. Who's got a new head coach in there, but could be interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it with Melissa and Argyle how good for a Division One is last year, and it's almost like we've got our state semifinal rematches or you know state quarterfinal rematches uh, coming up, and, and getting to see some of those classic rivalries and, and playing each other in non-district. Uh, right off the bat and uh, I know you're, you're going to be up Saturday morning you got a Saturday morning 10 a.m
0: boy there is a rare 10 a.m game and I love it I love it I'll sweat just a little bit before I go indoors to go to the star but Everman's playing Halton, and we'll we'll get highlights of that game on the show as well it's nice nice to get both of those squads in there
1: I heard Matt Stepp had something to do with that he was yeah, like he hey does. we gotta get we gotta get Everman on TV let's get a 10 a.m game Wizzy will go out there and shoot it what can you ask for?
0: He may nudge me one way or the other. So
1: he may have. Do we have any big stories on the show this week? Any, yeah, any, we're
0: gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna have a story about the Highland Park Buddy Bowl. It's uh, something that their former quarterback Braden Shager started back 2017. Uh, it's It's a day for uh, special needs athletes and they get to be with one of the Highland Park players out on the field. They teach them a little of the football. They spend the whole day with them. Each each kid gets to run a play. They all get to score touchdowns. It's it's just an awesome way to give back to them who came out to support them throughout the day or throughout the season. And and now they flip the roles and now they get to cheer on them and they have a crowd out there. And it was it was a beautiful thing this summer. And we'll be wrapping that thing up.
1: 6:30 uh, Saturday, and, and then after that you can go out and you, every time you go to Sock in Duncanville or or Lovejoy and College Station, it's always a, a late arriving crowd. So you know you can go watch the show at 6:30 or yep. or maybe tailgate, get it on there, and then head yeah, I suggest the I
0: tailgate. suggest the first week you guys DVR it because we're actually getting bumped off our 6:30 slot. We're getting two airings on Sunday, but we don't get to air on Saturday. I forget what sporting event bumps us off of there, but we're Sunday morning, uh, at ten thirty, and then also again at eleven thirty at night Sunday is a rebroadcast of it. We get we will be recording it on Saturday though, so before you start saying why don't you go to Lovejoy again, I still can't get it on. I got to record the show on Saturday, but it won't air until uh, Sunday morning, Sunday evening.
1: I'll I'll yell at you about that off air about what the post production editing and come on, Ward, you can I mean, you can what? do things. You, 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 can, you can voice over. You can pretend you're Pat Doney for one day and just get get into oh, his warm, deep tones and say, Lovejoy versus College Station. And just,
0: just go oh, yeah. out
1: The Got
0: velvet you, fog, right? The velvet fog. I can't, I can't do it like that. My voice well, I, is horrendous. I know you wanted to be John Miller, so why
1: don't, why don't you take us home, Ward?
0: That's it for this episode of Digging for Wisdom. And we're going to talk about week two next week. And uh, be sure to check for uh, Diggs' rankings early on next week. Uh, See how they, uh, you know, dropped and fall through the rankings he gave over the offseason.
1: Dropped and fell. I like that. No oh, raising, just dropping and falling. <laughs> up fall. and
0: down. Who goes up and down is what well, I meant we,
1: to say. We got got to make fun of Ward and uh, and be sure you watch watch our show because right. Ward, Ward put a lot of tender loving care into that. And you got two episodes if you're a morning person or a night person. There you go.
0: Chris. And just, the dump
1: Friday night award winning dump season. How premiere. about
0: that, man? We got stuff all over the place. We got stuff all over good the year. place.
1: It's going to be a good year, and. Thank you for uh, doing this podcast with me. I, I, I saw that big image you, put, you got posted yesterday. It said Inside High School Sports, the podcast.
0: That's, That's what it was way. first, but we got the name straight okay. now. You'll see something different this week. Okay,
1: digging for wisdom.
0: There you go. We'll talk to you next week, Digsy.
1: Bye, y'all.